We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship Christ the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. See, you say that, but they don't mean that. <laughs> it was they? Those are not us. Exactly. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We're back. And we're here to tell you that those who forget God have no shame. Oh, no. Yuck. <laughs> this is a this is going to be an exciting and uplifting episode. There will be no talk of any morbid or depressing topics whatsoever. I don't believe you. <laughs> Good, because I don't believe me either. <laughs> Today is all about one thing and one thing only. Uh-huh. Death. No. Death. Please, no. <laughs> well, no. I can't ra- do it in one day. That's in a roundabout way. Can but, we go get ice cream afterwards? <laughs> I no, need ice cream and no. sunshine. Walks on the beach, skipping along, sunshine, playing lollipops and rainbows. rainbows. Yes, no, exactly. No. I need that. After there will be no sunshine. <laughs> there will be no lollipops. There will be no rainbows. You will take your death, and you will like it I because really it is all that we have to offer. Why is it all that we have to offer? Because when you remove God from the picture, that is all that the world has to offer. Yep. So yeah, it does. Okay. Overdose deaths for the win. Mm. Overdose deaths soared to a record 93,000 last year in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the U.S. government reported Wednesday. That estimate far eclipsed the high of about 72,000 overdose deaths reached the previous year and amounts to a 29% increase. The nation, I love how they put these things, the nation was already struggling with its worst overdose epidemic, but clearly COVID has greatly exasperated the crisis. Oh, really? Yeah, COVID are, did Yeah, it. these are my COVID favorites. COVID did Nobody this else is, shut them down. COVID did This okay. is a staggering loss of human life, said Brandon Marshall, a Brown University public health researcher who tracks these sorts of things. Oh, he's more. Lockdowns and other pandemic restrictions isolated those with drug addictions and made treatment harder to get. Hmm. While prescription painkillers once drove the nation's overdose epidemic, they were supplanted first by heroin, then by fentanyl, a dangerously powerful opioid in recent years. Fentanyl was developed to treat intense pain from ailments like cancer, but has increasingly been sold illicitly and mixed with other drugs. Hey, never let a good crisis go to waste. There you go. What's really driving the surge in overdose overdose deaths, I'm sorry, is the increasingly poisoned drug supply. This is their new story. This is according to Associate Professor of Sociology at Syracuse University, who researches geographic patterns in overdoses. That's a very specific thing to do. I want a grant. Yeah, that's... uh, I want a grant. I want people to pay me for useless information. Think of... What is this? I'm a professor of sociologists. Sociology. Yeah. I am a sociologist who studies geographic patterns in overdoses. So in other words, he looks at a bunch of numbers and see who dies more and who kills themselves more in in what places. How does that make them an expert that qualifies them to tell me that it's the poisoned drug supply of fentanyl that's killing more people? Apparently, he also looks at what they took to kill themselves. 
<laughs> well, according to I Shannon, have, who I don't know if Shannon's a he, she, How do you it, spell it? Two N's? I don't I mean, it's Shannon. How else do you spell Shannon? Well, sometimes some guys will put on just one N. I've seen males spell it with just one N. But okay, then again, who knows what a male is now? That's just weird. So who cares? Exactly. What's a woman? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all, nearly all of this increase is fentanyl contamination in some way. Heroin is contaminated. Cocaine is contaminated. Methamphetamine is contaminated. Okay. Why well, I always feel like I'm that four-year-old girl in signs. It's contaminated. It's contaminated. <laughs> yeah, I can't just, drink that. It's contaminated. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's an awesome movie, but my kids aren't old enough to watch it yet yeah, without no, nightmares. I would, yeah, I would like <laughs> I them want to, to sleep, sleep again. <laughs> they Especially can't. since we have a cornfield behind yeah. our house. <laughs> yeah, not while the corn is in the field and not until it is picked and not until they are both in the double digits because I want to sleep one day. Yes, exactly. Fentanyl was involved in more than 60% of the overdose deaths last year, the CDC data suggests. Now, here's the thing. What I love about this story is that they want to have it both ways. Okay. They want to put out how the lockdown and the pandemic made treatment harder to get, while then saying it wasn't the lockdowns and the pandemic that made the overdose deaths go up. It was the bad drugs. Where did they get the bad drugs from? Well, if you got treatment and you were no longer addicted, would it matter how bad the drugs are? No. See, here's the thing. You know why? This is, this is something you're ready. People are not going to like this. but mm. Okay. Hey, after yesterday, after the podcast I did yesterday, I might as well make everybody annoyed. Yeah, I haven't listened. I usually listen to it in the morning, but I didn't get to it this morning. I was so, finishing up something from yesterday, so I'll have to listen to it tomorrow. Yes, there are incompetent people that make drugs. I understand this. Yes. But in the grand scheme of things, it is actually not in a drug dealer's best interest to contaminate your drugs. Uh, yeah, really. Because dead people don't buy more drugs. Yeah, that is, hey, I mean. <laughs> de- de- I mean overdosed junkies don't buy more crack. That's Mm-mm. just a fact of existence. Now, if they figure out a way to overdose you, kill you, and still get you to keep buying crack, then they won't care. And they just cash your social security check for Especially you. because what do you mean we're <laughs> contaminating the fentanyl? They're it's literally, doctors. It's it's literally medical patches. They're buying them off old ladies who are skipping their cancer drugs. And Yeah. I mean, what is going? Are we making fake fentanyl now? I mean, are we that, are we that far gone as a country? In which case, you know what? Forget it. Go for it. Have fun. I was about to say, I mean. I I wouldn't be surprised at this point. No, I wouldn't either. Especially after last year. This this is going to be the beginning of a theme here. Mm -hmm. So the people in charge are telling you that the decisions we made made it worse on these people. And because it was worse on these people, more of them died. But they didn't die because we made it worse on them. They died because those people over there who aren't us. Made it worse. Meanwhile, and it's go- their fault. Meanwhile, the government shut us all down, which made it worse. But it's not their fault because it's the government's pharmaceutical company that makes the fentanyl contaminated. But it's contaminated. Yeah, it's contaminated. Yeah, you can't. The thing I think I think what they're using the word contaminated here, and I haven't read the article. I'm just going on a, <laughs> an idea. But if I were to guess, if you actually took the word contaminated out and replaced it, what would really happened is they're using fentanyl with other drugs they're mixing as in they're well, taking yeah, because, they're tr- smoking marijuana which marijuana is now legal well, in a bunch of states well, but, wow. but they're, they're doing this because the fentanyl heroin um what's the other it's, they, the reason why it used to be prescriptions is the, the reason why you saw heroin and fentanyl take off is because what ends up happening is the um oh the words go right out of my head i hate when that happens the narcotic <laughs> drugs yes are basically derivatives of opioids yeah so the problem with that is an opioid, by its definition, 
the way it's metabolized in the body, you get you build a tolerance to it. Mm-hmm. It takes that's, more and more in order to get whatever it is you. That's why the doctor initially. tells you after a while, if, if you've ever been a, prescribed an opioid after surgery or anything like that, they'll tell you if you're not in pain, stop mm-hmm. taking it. Yeah, don't because take it. you will actually wire your body to want it, uh-huh. and your body will tell you and lie to you and say we're in pain, so we can get another shot. But the problem becomes, yes. I need to take more and more and more. When it's happening, is people move from prescription drugs to actual heroin because Mm -hmm. I can't take 35 Norcos to get the hit because when I used to take one and I got high and then it was two, there reached a point where I can't just take five of these things at a stretch. My stomach fills up before I take them all. Yeah. Yeah. So what do I do? Well, I just get pure opium, which is heroin. Mm -hmm. Well, what they're finding though is we've got a more concentrated source and I don't have to stick myself with needles and find new spots to do my injections sweet. I can just stick these patches on, be high as a kite. And what's funny is they're not even putting the patches on because it's too slow of a release. So they're actually eating the patches. Really? Like swallowing, eating them or just chewing them? Chewing them up and dissolving the adhesive so that it gets into the system to to absorb faster. So you get the first shot all. Stick it to the roof of your mouth. Well, because it doesn't stick. The roof of your mouth is wet. I mean, <laughs> you can dry your teeth off and like, <laughs> I'm sure, hey. Reasons why you're not a junkie. <laughs> exactly. I don't do. I, I'll I, stick it to my teeth. Okay. <laughs> Junkies don't have teeth. So. Apparently. <laughs> anyway, there you go. There's the problem. No, so, I, no, this, so what ends up happening yeah. is they're, then they're getting such a, such a boost because now I can pop, I can start chewing on two, three, four of these patches at a shot. Next thing you know, I'm literally, next thing you know, I'm dead. Yeah. So oh my goodness. This becomes the rundown, but that has nothing to do with you were locked down and you couldn't go to work and you couldn't go to rehab and you couldn't go to church and you couldn't go to all these places where there might have been people to help you and you couldn't none of that. None of these people overdosing. It was the drugs were bad. I what are we in South Park? Don't do drugs, kids. Okay, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. I mean <laughs> Yeah, so they're, they're going to blame the contaminated drugs, not the all your resources were taken away. Everything, all your lifelines, sort of say, mm-hmm. for these But that's people. not why it went bad for you. It was the contaminated yeah. drugs. The drugs were bad. If you had had good drugs, then it wouldn't have been a problem, <laughs> as opposed to these contaminated drugs you all started using after we shut you down there and wouldn't you let you see anybody for now, help. What's, yeah. what's your first lesson here, children? That when the authority that seeks to be like God, ye be like God, when they think that they have finally ascended the throne, deposed the deity and are now occupying the highest throne of creation. When they think that is where they stand, you know what they're not going to do? Take any responsibility. And they're never going to admit when they're wrong because to do that would to be unlike God. And while it would increase their credibility, it would decrease their perceived authority and power. That is why they will never admit it. Which leads us to story number two. Okay. Suicidal children for the win. What? (laughs) That's just wrong. A pre-printed study from the United Kingdom reveals that five times more children committed suicide than died from COVID-19. All right. What is the age group of these children? Children. Children, children. Hold on. Four-year-olds, six-year-olds. Researchers from the University of Bristol, University of York, University of Liverpool, University College London compared morbidity statistics from the UK's National Child Morbidity Database with Public Health England testing data between March 2020 and February 2021. In a recent report, which is in the peer review process, 25 children and young people defined as people under 18 years of age died of COVID-19 during that period. Okay. Let me say that again. 25, that's it, 25? 25. Yeah. 
That doesn't quite sound. The like morbidity the rate for COVID nineteen was therefore two per million. We typically, typically run morbidity rates per hundred thousand. Yeah. So because if we can't find one per a hundred thousand, it's typically not worth tracking. Yeah, it's not statistical. So two yeah. per million would be. Let me see. I got to move it to the tens place, right, to get back to a hundred thousand. So that would be point two per hundred thousand, which would be point zero two per. 10,000, mm-hmm. 0.0002 per thousand, which would be then 0. 0.0002 That's yeah. per hundred. Yeah. I can't even count that. Uh-uh. That's not even a processable information here yeah so in other words no uh, child in the uk is dying of covid yeah, this is not yes there were children. 25 yes, but children that but realistically speaking no one's dying of this okay. now mind you 89 year old grandma well meanwhile a lot of those but yeah meanwhile so this is okay 124 children died of suicide during the same period five uh-huh. times the number of children who had died of covid19 yeah covid did it <laughs> Similar worries about the mental health effects of government-induced lockdowns exist in the United States, as CDC data indicate that the number of emergency room visits for suspected suicide attempts rose by 51% amongst teenage girls amid COVID-19 and lawmakers' policy responses. Government did it. Oh, my goodness. But this has nothing to do with lockdown. Mm -mm. This has nothing to do with... Social distancing. This has nothing to do with mask mandates. This has nothing to do with any of that. It has something to do with something else. I know what it has. I know what it is. What's that? It's contaminated drugs. Uh, there you go. <laughs> See, there you there's go. an increase in suicide because there's more contaminated drugs accessible so they can chew on more fentanyl patches and kill themselves. That's what's going on. I just put our two stories together. There you go. You just put them together. We just figured it out. Now... Why do I bring this up on the heels of overdose deaths? Because just like the government will never admit that they are wrong about anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't our lockdowns that caused this spike in overdoses. It was bad drugs. It wasn't our idiotic policies. It was something else. I don't know what yet, but when I find it, I'll let you know what it is. Yeah, it was not us. We did yeah. nothing to The same government us. that will never take responsibility and admit its own failure does not care about you it doesn't care about you it doesn't care about me it doesn't care about the man on the moon unless they can tax him more Mm -hmm. so we locked down everything we closed schools we're gonna mandate experimental vaccines for teachers Mm -hmm. we are going to mandate masks in schools when there is a possibility that two out of every one million children will die. Say yeah. that out loud. You can't even quantify this statistically. I'm serious. Yeah. If you told hospital workers that if they put a rock in their shoe during births, that it would lower the infant mortality rate by two per million, they'd laugh you do out. Do you know how many of them would put a rock in their shoe? None of them, because they're like, this is stupid and it hurts my foot. But it would save 
two lives out of every million births. If you shake it's chicken bones, it's stupid, over. and it will hurt my foot. I'm not gonna do it. It's voodoo. We're gonna save children. Well, of course it is. We're gonna save children's lives by putting. Ma- what children's lives are you saving? They're not. Yeah. This is not about children's lives. Mm-mm. This is not about public health. This is about power and control. Yeah, it is. It is. It always it is. has been. It always will be. That's why we've got to have. We got to continue social distancing, and we got to lock down. There are people clamoring. Why aren't we locking down? Why aren't we locking down? Why? Why are we locking down? You lock down personally and leave the rest of us alone. That is to the point I'm at. If anybody says anything about See, that, although I don't mind the whole social distancing thing because I can get through the store <laughs> a lot faster because people are congregating. Me. It's like stop congregating in the middle of the floor. Move. Step over yonder. Now they, they don't. So it's like hey. Now, you see, you just raised the point why this matters for Christians. Mm -hmm. Because what the argument should have always been was, if you're vulnerable, if you're a weakened immune system, if you're obese or you're diabetic or something like that, Mm -hmm. stay home. Maybe wear a a filtration-style mask when you go out in public if you're worried about it. Mm -hmm. Not a cloth one that doesn't do anything. uh, Absorb your vitamin D, take your vitamins, try to get yourself healthy, do that. The rest of the world should have been told to go about your daily life. Look, wash your hands. Cover your mouth. Cover when you your mouth when you sneeze and cough. cough. Carry some hand sanitizer to make everybody's life a little easier. If you don't pick it up to buy it in the store, hey, don't touch it. You yeah. know, stop handling the seventeen hundred things like you own the place. And just general human common decency mm-hmm. and dealing with the things in that manner. We didn't do that. Why? <sighs> they wanted. I, they they took advantage of control. A fear. Because when an entity seeks to replace God, it seeks to replace God in every area of life. Yes. Not some areas of life. All the areas of life. And that includes, see, why do you go to the store? Well, I go to the store to buy groceries to feed my family because it is my job under God to provide for them. Mm-hmm. I have means, therefore I purchase and I feed them. Yeah, well, that's what God said. But we're the government, and we're more important than God. Yeah. So we'll you tell you the, you when rationed. we'll tell you when you can go to the store. We'll tell you what you can buy when you get there. We'll tell you how much of that thing you can buy when you get there, mm-hmm. because the entities that seek to usurp God seek to usurp God in every Everything. area of life. This is why when all of this started, you had state police officers handing out tickets in church parking lots. How dare you worship? something else. How dare you not listen to who we are and what we say that you should be doing? See how that works? Mm -hmm. Pat you on the head, take the little shot, do what we tell you, and everything will be okay. Except that it's not. We have people dropping like flies from overdoses. We have children killing themselves in droves Mm -hmm. by comparison to who's dying of the virus. But if it grants me control over you then I will utilize it regardless of what happens to you, your kids, your family members, or the people in need. In other words, the people we're sworn to, we're sworn to protect. We don't care. We don't care about them as long as we have more power. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to get rid of too many because then they'd have to start doing work themselves. So and I can they prove keep it. Just enough. With story number three. All right. Government accountability for the win. Mm-mm. All right, what are they accountable for? Spending lots of money? Oh, you took um, it the wrong way. Not spending money? It starts like an offer of admission from a prestigious university. We are pleased to inform you that you have been selected, the letter states. 
But the four-page letter from the Pasco Sheriff's Office goes on to tell recipients that they will be facing enhanced police scrutiny under the agency's controversial intelligence program. What the what, Florida? Controversial intelligence. You may wonder why you were enrolled in this program, the letter continues. Well, I was not enrolled. You were selected as a result of an evaluation of your recent criminal behavior using an unbiased, evidence-based risk assessment designed to identify prolific offenders in our community. As a result of this designation, we will go to great efforts to encourage change in your life through enhanced support and increased accountability. Mm. <laughs> so these are people who've had criminal records that they're doing this to? Based on their evidence-based risk assessment. Wait, hang on. This the agency has a separate program that uses school children's grades, attendance records, and abuse histories to label them potential future criminals. This is for children. It's for everybody. Earlier this year, Sheriff Chris Noko and the Pasco County School District announced they would scale back some features of the school data program, but the letter signals a broadening of the core program. The Sheriff's Office said the letter is part of a new intelligence effort aimed specifically at people whose criminal histories include drug offenses and violent crimes. It was supposed to launch in mid-2020, but was delayed until December because of the pandemic. <laughs> Had to get some things in order. In an online video, Sheriff's Office Captain Tony Roach says being selected is good news hmm? because participants will have the opportunity to receive assistance from the Pasco Sheriff's Office and several community partners. The letter notes that the Sheriff's Office has partnered with Pasco County Human Services and provides contact information for 18 government agencies, health clinics, and nonprofit organizations. But it also delivers a stern warning. Our desire is to help you. I'm sorry. Our desire to help you will not hinder us from holding you fully accountable for your choices and actions. Okay, I'm confused now. I mean, is the first off, it's just wrong. Um, how are you tracking drug use? I mean, so they they know where they are. Have the um, drug dealers down there started using little square things so they can monitor your page. <laughs> Swipe on the iPhone. Swipe on the iPhone. And like, oh, they just bought drugs. I mean, okay, so how, how are they monitoring this? Or is this just people who've been in prison beforehand have been have a, Here, a record and whatnot me, and they're sentenced and me, they have children? Let me help you out with this. Okay. I'm confused. I'll give you an example from my own life. Okay. One of the most annoyed I have ever been in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, 20... Stop tapping. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm fidgety this morning. I was like, what is that sound? <laughs> I'm fidgety. Okay. Um, 2018? Yeah. I was invited to some community outreach meeting program thingy. Okay. So as a pastor of the church, you know, they want to get churches involved. And, and it was held in a district police station. Mm-hmm. Four-story, massive room with a double basement, you know. I mean, this was the main district office for the police station okay. in Rockford. And so we're in the basement in one of their little conference rooms, and there's about 30 of us in the room. And what they're announcing is that some neighborhood, you know, a couple blocks away, they're going to have this kind of block party set up. Now, Mm. I have my opinions on all this. I'm not going to get into that right now. This is one of those high-risk neighborhoods. Okay. Like if if you drove through it right now, you you could go buy drugs, you could hire a prostitute, things like that. 
Gotcha. No. This was like a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm in the basement of a massive police station. And this guy giving the presentation explaining how this block party is going to work and what they're going to do for the community and how it's going to uplift it and all that good stuff goes. If I took you there right now, I could drive you down this street in this like little three-block area they're going to look at, and yeah. I could point out to you who the drug dealers are and who the prostitutes are and who the pimps are. And I'm going – I'm sitting in this room going, there's guys on the other side of that door right there. They wear blue – and they have these little gold thingies on their chest, <laughs> and they have guns and batons and handcuffs. Why don't you go tell them? Yeah. So they can arrest them. And clean up the area. You don't clean it up by going in there with the mop and bucket and clean it out. And anyway, just, but that's, that's no, not the point. No, it's go get, if you know where so they the are, So the dirty little them. secret is, just like we've talked before, that we don't do health care in our country. We do mm-hmm. sick care. Exactly. That's why we just prescribe you opioids till you know, you're addicted. We don't do good policing. Mm-mm. We do public relations policing. Yeah, it looks good to crack down on drugs. So, it doesn't so they'll, look good. Oh, to... They'll do a drug bust when they can accumulate a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and they can get a car and, you know, repossess your Tahoe so they can refit it and use it and stuff like that. Yeah. But if it's just like a drug dealer on the street corner selling, no, we don't do that. Mm-mm. We'll set up a sting where we can get the drug users, but we're not going to go after the guy. And while we can see the woman doing that, we're not going to arrest her for that thing that's a crime. Whether you think it should be a crime or not, it's not the point here. So the point is, I have no doubt that the sheriff's office knows who the known drug dealers are, who the known drug abusers are, not only based on past criminal records, records yeah, but based on community person. interactions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Being told yeah. that who they are and go get them and such. Not. What I love about this is rather than say we're going to, wait for you to commit a crime, and then we're going to arrest you. Because of your prior criminal behavior or your prior, you know, interactions with police, mm-hmm. we're going to put you under enhanced scrutiny, and then we're going to track children in schools who, if they've had a history of being abused or they've had a history of poor attendance or a history of low grades, well, those are markers, and this is true, those are markers for children who are more likely to become criminals. So we're going to start tracking them when they're seven. Now, you may be saying, well, don't you want more police activity for criminals? Yes. But if you're, say, a two-time offender for, you know, drug use, and you know you finally sat there and said, I'm going to get myself clean, and I'm going to go to my meetings, and I'm going to talk to my counselors, and I got community people that are helping me. You know what I don't need? A police officer down your back all the time. Thank you. Because I'm not a criminal. No, you're not. When should I have a police officer on my back? When I'm committing a crime. crime. So patrol the high-risk neighborhoods and arrest people when they're engaged in crime. That's why I was annoyed in that room. Like, if you can drive down there right now and say, that's a pimp, you know, that's a hoe, that's a drug dealer, that's... Don't tell me. Yeah, I don't need to know who these people are. Go tell the police so they can be arrested and deal with that. We're not going to do that. Instead, what we're going to say is this, this, this government agency... Who will never admit when they've made a mistake. No. Will never admit when they're wrong. And at the end of the day, does not care about you. Mm-mm. Is now going to sign up for increased scrutiny and observation of people based on past behaviors. Hmm. How many officers could honestly get away with that and not get caught? <laughs> I mean, this is my bit. Everybody's done something in their past life that they regret doing. I mean, this is this, this is like an this is like one of those dystopian novels that we all laugh at. Oh, I've never laughed at those. Labeling things. them potential me. future criminals. Oh, 
That poor child. He doesn't have a chance. Goodness. That child has already been labeled as a potential criminal. Therefore, everything he does in the eyes of of the law is going to be. Now, if you had told me that a school was using that program for early intervention for a child, that's their job. That's their job to try to catch up to make sure that this kid doesn't fall behind, which would then make them even more likely to become a future potential Mm -hmm. criminal. But to share that data and to pilot it with the sheriff's department? uh -uh. No. No. This is not the type of policing I want, which I've had this argument for years. I don't, you know, the reason why they love to confiscate drug dealer vehicles is because they'd be retrofitted for undercover work. Mm-hmm. I don't want undercover no, work. No, that's wrong. Yeah, I don't want undercover work. I don't want to drive down the road and go, is that an unmarked police car or not? I want police cars to look like bad European action movies yes. where they're like little Volvos that are painted yellow and like, and like 7,000 lights. I want to be able to look and go, that's a cop car. Yeah, I want to know. Because you are called to serve and protect, not catch and prosecute. I actually, you ready you for this? You are there to when, serve and protect. When I go hunting, I'm required by law to wear blaze orange. Yeah. I think police officers should be required by law to be decked out in blaze orange and day glow yellow. They should look like a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, but I mean, like right, right now, ask but, what's, what's police colors? And you'd go, well, black, navy, and blue. See, that's the problem. Yeah. No. It should be like blaze orange, hot day pink. glow yellow, and hot pink. I want you to glow like in you are dark. on Miami Beach in 1984. Yes. Because that's what you should look like. Because I want to be able to look at a crowd and be like, that's a police officer right there. Because mm-hmm. I need to know who to run to when I need help. help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can... You- yeah. Not who's trying to catch somebody doing something they're not supposed to be doing. No. When they do it, now deal with it. I remember. That's how freedom is supposed to work because ultimately, who am I responsible to? Myself. Oh, God, really. Exactly. God. Yeah. But who but does the government want you to ultimately be responsible to? To them. As if they're God. And I hate to tell them, all you people who are in government right now following these laws, one day you won't be and somebody else will be. And then you'll be like the rest of us. And see, and this, so keep that in mind. You're nothing but a person. You too will die, and somebody and see, else what will I take love, though, your is that this place. Sheriff's office, God will not. This sheriff's office is putting out this information like, look at this great new program we've got. Okay. And everybody else is looking at it going, so let me get this straight. You're piloting a program that allows you to track people. Because here's the thing. Even if you're saying, look, there's nothing wrong with this program because these people are criminals or they're having issues, and they should be, quote, unquote, tracked and evaluated on a regular basis by police officers. Okay, even if you're going to stand there and say that's fine, explain to me when that stops. Exactly. How and long ex- do they have to not do criminal behavior before they are allowed? No, that's not what I mean. How uh, long until my program that tracks these people based on prior activity uh, yeah. combines with this tracking of prior abuse history in school performance now combines to identify law-abiding citizens who have never committed a crime who might one day commit one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we make bad movies about this sort of thing. How long until the program advances to that? Because explain to me when it stops. And the answer is it doesn't. Because they have no shame. Because they're never going to admit that they're wrong. Because to admit that they're wrong is to admit that they're not God. And what do they want to be above all else? God. Ye be like God. So when they panic and tell you to do stuff and it turns out like a disaster, well, that's a you problem. And when they panic and close everything down and it turns out to be a disaster, well, that wasn't our fault. And when their little program to track criminals starts looking at regular law-abiding citizens, well, that's just the price of freedom. Mm-hmm. Which is why we not have free. to get patted down like a criminal to get on an airplane. Yeah, you're not free if you have to pay for it. Other than 
that the death of those who fight would now, be again, safer. <laughs> why, why do I care about this as a Christian? The answer is because ultimately I'm accountable to God. And what I want my government to do is uphold righteousness, which means I want my government to ensure that I can safely live my life unto the glory of God. And the minute my government crosses out of that, it has violated its mandate from God and is seeking to do that which is, is with that which it is not commanded to do. And when I see a person or entity in my world doing that which God has not commanded it to do, and in many instances that which God has commanded it not to do, I am obligated to say something. Yeah, you're right. So when I look at my fellow man wallowing in his sin, I'm obligated to say, dude, that's sin. There's a better way, and then instruct him. And if he doesn't listen, I shake the dust off my feet and I move along. Likewise, when I see my government moving beyond its bounds of protecting my rights to usurping someone else's, I'm duty-bound to say that is not how God has commanded you to operate. Stop it. And the problem we've had is we have worshipped and served as humanity something other than God for far too long. So we panic. Virus comes. We shut everything down. You know, damn the torpedoes. There are no consequences here. and I don't know what's going on. But I'm just going to do what they told me because everything will be okay. Yeah. No, no they not, won't. No, it won't because they don't care. Be. It won't be. They don't care because they can't care because everyone who has forgotten God seeking to become God, by definition, is depraved in their action. Yes, they are. Do not trust a depraved heart and mind, even if it's yours. And maybe mm-hmm. I should say, especially if it's yours. Yeah. Which is why we root out this sin every single day and why we continue to talk about it. So again, notice the track records on these things. They don't care. They're never going to admit that they're wrong, and instead they're going to double down on their authority. Because that's what pagan institutions have always done. They have. Wasn't this fun? (laughs) I promise we'll get something more lighthearted, like, you know, alcoholic reporters shooting guns next week. Yeah, please. (laughs) So what have we learned here today, children? (sighs) False cures are always deadly. Mm-hmm. Panic has consequences, yes. and evil has no shame. No, it doesn't. Questions, comments, complaints, send them to info at practicaltheologyministries.com. If there's a story that we missed that you would like us to go over and see if we can tackle from a Christian point of view, send it to the same place. We'll be happy to do it. If you have something more fun than this mirage of things that are going on, then by all means, send them. We'll be happy to look at it. Until that happens, we'll keep doing what we do. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye.